0: Question 36 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secunde, treatise on the Theological Virtues, The Virtue of Charity. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secunde, treatise on the Theological Virtues, The Virtue of Charity. By st thomas aquinas translated by the fathers of the english dominican province question 36 of envy in four articles we must now consider envy and under this head there are four points of inquiry first what is envy second whether it is a sin third whether it is a mortal sin Fourth, whether it is a capital sin, and which are its daughters. First article, whether envy is a kind of sorrow. Objection 1. It would seem that envy is not a kind of sorrow. For the object of envy is a good. For Gregory says, in his commentary on Job 546, of the envious man that, self-inflicted pain wounds in the pining spirit which is racked by the prosperity of another therefore envy is not a kind of sorrow objection to further likeness is a cause not of sorrow but rather of pleasure but likeness is a cause of envy for the philosopher says in rhetoric 210 Men are envious of such as are like them in genus, in knowledge, in stature, in habit, or in reputation. Therefore, envy is not a kind of sorrow. Objection 3. Further, sorrow is caused by a defect. Wherefore, those who are in great defect are inclined to sorrow as stated above in the pars prima secunde question 47 article 3 when we were treating of the passions now those who lack little and who love honors and who are considered wise are envious according to the philosopher in rhetoric 210 therefore envy is not a kind of sorrow objection for further sorrow is opposed to pleasure now opposite effects have not one and the same cause therefore since the recollection of goods once possessed is a cause of pleasure as stated above in the pars prima Secundi, question thirty two article three it will not be a cause of sorrow but it is a cause of envy for the philosopher says in rhetoric to ten that we envy those who have or have had things that befitted ourselves or which we possessed at some time. Therefore, sloth is not a kind of sorrow. On the contrary, Damascene in On the True Faith, 2.14 calls envy a species of sorrow and says that envy is sorrow for another's good. I answer that the object of a man's sorrow is his own evil now it may happen that another's good is apprehended as one's own evil and in this way sorrow can be about another's good but this happens in two ways first when a man is sorry about another's good in so far as it threatens to be an occasion of harm to himself as when a man grieves for his enemy's prosperity for fear lest he may do him some harm such like sorrow is not envy but rather an effect of fear as the philosopher states in rhetoric to nine secondly another's good may be reckoned as being one's own evil in so far as it conduces to the lessening of one's own good name or excellence it is in this way that envy grieves for another's good and consequently men are envious of those goods in which a good name consists and about which men like to be honored and esteemed, as the Philosopher remarks in Rhetoric 2.10. Reply to objection one. Nothing hinders what is good for one from being reckoned as evil for another, and in this way it is possible for sorrow to be about good, as stated above. Reply to objection two. Since envy... Is about another's good name in so far as it diminishes the good name a man desires to have it follows that a man is envious of those only whom he wishes to rival or surpass in reputation but this does not apply to people who are far removed from one another for no man unless he be out of his mind endeavors to rival or surpass in reputation those who are far above him Thus a commoner does not envy the king, nor does the king envy a commoner whom he is far above. Wherefore, a man envies not those who are far removed from him, whether in place, time, or station, but those who are near him, and whom he strives to rival or surpass. For it is against our will that these should be in better repute than we are, and that gives rise to sorrow. On the other hand, likeness causes pleasure in so far as it is in agreement with the will. Reply to Objection 3. A man does not strive for mastery in matters where he is very deficient, so that he does not envy one who surpasses him in such matters, unless he surpass him by little, for then it seems to him that this is not yet beyond him, and so he makes an effort. Wherefore, if his effort fails, through the other's reputation surpassing his, he grieves. Hence it is that those who love to be honored are more envious, and in like manner the faint-hearted are envious, because all things are great to them, and whatever good may befall another, they reckon that they themselves have been bested in something great. Hence it is written, in Job 5.2, Envy, slayeth the little one and gregory says in his commentary on job 546 that we can envy those only whom we think better in some respect than ourselves reply to objection 4 recollection of past goods in so far as we have had them causes pleasure in so far as we have lost them causes sorrow and in so far as others have them causes envy, because that, above all, seems to belittle our reputation. Hence the philosopher says in Rhetoric too, that the old envy the young, and those who have spent much in order to get something envy those who have got it by spending little, because they grieve that they have lost their goods and that others have acquired goods. second article whether envy is a sin objection one it would seem that envy is not a sin for jerome says to Leita about the education of her daughter in his letter 107 let her have companions so that she may learn together with them envy them and be nettled when they are praised but no one should be advised to commit a sin therefore envy is not a sin objection to further envy is sorrow for another's good as damascene says in on the true faith two fourteen. 14. but this is sometimes praiseworthy for it is written in proverbs 29 2 when the wicked shall bear rule the people shall mourn therefore envy is not always a sin objection three further envy denotes a kind of zeal but there is a good zeal according to psalm 68 verse 10 the zeal of thy house hath eaten me up therefore envy is not always a sin objection four: further punishment is condivided with fault but envy is a kind of punishment for gregory says in his commentary on job 546 when the foul sore of envy corrupts the vanquished heart the very exterior itself shows how forcibly the mind is urged by madness for paleness seizes the complexion the eyes are weighed down the spirit is inflamed while the limbs are chilled there is frenzy in the heart, there is gnashing with the teeth. Therefore, envy is not a sin. On the contrary, it is written in Galatians 5.26, Let us not be made desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. I answer that, as stated above in Article 1, envy is sorrow for another's good now this sorrow may come about in four ways first when a man grieves for another's good through fear that it may cause harm either to himself or to some other goods this sorrow is not envy as stated above in article 1 and may be void of sin hence gregory says in his commentary on job twenty two eleven it very often happens that without charity being lost both the destruction of an enemy rejoices us and again his glory without any sin of envy saddens us since when he falls we believe that some are deservedly set up and when he prospers we dread lest many suffer unjustly secondly we may grieve over another's good not because he has it but because the good which he has we have not and this properly speaking is zeal as the philosopher says in rhetoric 2 9 and if the zeal be about virtuous goods it is praiseworthy according to first corinthians fourteen one, be zealous for spiritual gifts while if it be about temporal goods it may be either sinful or sinless thirdly one may grieve over another's good because he who happens to have that good is unworthy of it such sorrow as this cannot be occasioned by virtuous goods which make a man righteous but as the philosopher states is about riches and those things which can accrue to the worthy and the unworthy and he calls this sorrow nemesis translator's note the nearest equivalent is indignation the use of the word nemesis to signify revenge does not represent the original greek he calls this sorrow nemesis saying that it belongs to good morals but he says this because he considered temporal goods in themselves in so far as they may seem great to those who look not to eternal goods whereas According to the teachings of faith, temporal goods that accrue to those who are unworthy are so disposed according to God's just ordinance, either for the correction of those men or for their condemnation. And such goods are as nothing in comparison with the goods to come which are prepared for good men. Wherefore, sorrow of this kind is forbidden in holy writ, according to Psalm 36.1 be not emulous of evil-doers nor envy them that work iniquity and elsewhere in psalm 72 verses 2 and 3 my steps had well nigh slipped for i was envious of the wicked when i saw the prosperity of sinners fourthly we grieve over a man's good in so far as his good surpasses ours this is envy properly speaking and is always sinful, as also the philosopher states in Rhetoric 2.10, because to do so is to grieve over what should make us rejoice, notably, over our neighbor's good. Reply to objection one. Envy there denotes the zeal with which we ought to strive to progress with those who are better than we are. Reply to objection two this argument considers sorrow for another's good in the first sense given above reply to objection three envy differs from zeal as stated above hence a certain zeal may be good whereas envy is always evil reply to objection for nothing hinders a sin from being penal accidentally as stated above in the pars Prima Secundi, question 87, article 2, when we were treating of sins. Third article, whether envy is a mortal sin. Objection one. It would seem that envy is not a mortal sin. For since envy is a kind of sorrow, it is a passion of the sensitive appetite. Now there is no mortal sin in the sensuality but only in the reason, as Augustine declares in On the Trinity, 1212. Therefore, envy is not a mortal sin. Objection to, further, there cannot be mortal sin in infants. But envy can be in them, for Augustine says in Confessions 1, I myself have seen and known even a baby envious. It could not speak yet it turned pale and looked bitterly on its foster-brother. Therefore, envy is not a mortal sin. Objection 3. Further, every mortal sin is contrary to some virtue. But envy is contrary, not to a virtue, but to nemesis, which is a passion, according to the philosopher in rhetoric 2. nine. Therefore, Envy is not a mortal sin. On the contrary, it is written in Job five two, Envy slayeth the little one. Now nothing slays spiritually except mortal sin. Therefore, envy is a mortal sin. I answer that, envy is a mortal sin in respect of its genus. For the genus of a sin is taken from its object. And envy, according to the aspect of its object, is contrary to charity, whence the soul derives its spiritual life, according to 1 John 3.14. We know that we have passed from death to life, because we love the brethren. Now the object, both of charity and of envy, is our neighbor's good. But the contrary movements, since charity rejoices in our neighbor's good while envy grieves over it as stated above in article one therefore it is evident that envy is a mortal sin in respect of its genus nevertheless as stated above in question thirty five article four as well as in the pars prima secunde question seventy two article five first reply in every kind of mortal sin we find certain imperfect movements in the sensuality, which are venial sins. Such are the first movement of concupiscence, in the genus of adultery, and the first movement of anger, in the genus of murder. And so, in the genus of envy, we find sometimes, even in perfect men, certain first movements, which are venial sins. Reply to Objection 1. The movement of envy... In so far as it is a passion of the sensuality, is an imperfect thing in the genus of human acts, the principle of which is the reason, so that envy of that kind is not a mortal sin. The same applies to the envy of little children who have not the use of reason, wherefore the reply to the second objection is manifest. Reply to Objection 3. According to the philosopher, in Rhetoric 2.9, Envy is contrary both to nemesis and to pity, but for different reasons. For it is directly contrary to pity, their principal objects being contrary to one another, since the envious man grieves over his neighbor's good, whereas the pitiful man grieves over his neighbor's evil, so that the envious have no pity, as he states in the same passage nor is the pitiful man envious. On the other hand, envy is contrary to nemesis on the part of the man whose good grieves the envious man, for nemesis is sorrow for the good of the undeserving, according to Psalm 72, 3. I was envious of the wicked when I saw the prosperity of sinners. Whereas the envious grieves over the good of those who are deserving of it, Hence it is clear that the former contrariety is more direct than the latter. Now pity is a virtue and an effect proper to charity, so that envy is contrary to pity and charity. Fourth article, whether envy is a capital vice. Objection 1 it would seem that envy is not a capital vice, for the capital vices are distinct from their daughters. Now envy is the daughter of vainglory, for the philosopher says in Rhetoric 210 that those who love honor and glory are more envious. Therefore, envy is not a capital vice. Objection to further the capital vices seem to be less grave than the other vices which arise from them for gregory says in his commentary on job thirty-one forty-five. the leading vices seem to worm their way into the deceived mind under some kind of pretext but those which follow them provoke the soul to all kinds of outrage and confuse the mind with their wild outcry now envy is seemingly a most grave sin for gregory says in his commentary on job five forty six though in every evil thing that is done the venom of our old enemy is infused into the heart of man yet in this wickedness the serpent stirs his whole bowels and discharges the bane of spite fitted to enter deep into the mind therefore envy is not a capital sin Objection 3. Further, it seems that its daughters are unfittingly assigned by Gregory, in his commentary on Job 3145, who says that from envy arise hatred, tale-bearing, detraction, joy at our neighbor's misfortunes, and grief for his prosperity. For joy at our neighbor's misfortunes and grief for his prosperity seem to be the same as envy, as appears from what has been said above in Article Three, Therefore, these should not be assigned as daughters of envy. On the contrary stands the authority of Gregory, in his commentary on Job 31.45, who states that envy is a capital sin and assigns the aforesaid daughters thereto. I answer that, just as sloth is grief, for a divine spiritual good, so envy is grief for our neighbor's good. Now it has been stated above in question 35 article 4 that sloth is a capital vice for the reason that it incites man to do certain things, with the purpose either of avoiding sorrow or of satisfying its demands. Wherefore, envy is accounted a capital vice for the same reason. Reply to objection one, as Gregory says in his Commentary on Job, 31.45, The capital vices are so closely akin to one another that one springs up from the other. For the first offspring of pride is vainglory, which by corrupting the mind it occupies begets envy, since while it craves for the power of an empty name, it repines for fear lest another should acquire that power. Consequently, the notion of a capital vice does not exclude its originating from another vice, but it demands that it should have some principal reason for being itself the origin of several kinds of sin. However, it is perhaps because envy manifestly arises from vainglory that it is not reckoned a capital sin either by Isidore in On the Highest Good or by Cassian in his Institutes one. Reply to Objection 2. It does not follow from the passage quoted that envy is the greatest of sins, but that when the devil tempts us to envy, he is enticing us to that which has its chief place in his heart, for as quoted further on in the same passage, by the envy of the devil death came into the world. Wisdom 224. There is, however, a kind of envy which is accounted among the most grievous sins, notably, envy of another spiritual good, which envy is a sorrow for the increase of God's grace, and not merely for our neighbor's good. Hence it is accounted as a sin against the Holy Ghost, because thereby a man envies, as it were, the Holy Ghost himself, who is glorified in his works. Reply to Objection 3. The number of envy's daughters may be understood for the reason that in the struggle aroused by envy, there is something by way of beginning, something by way of middle, and something by way of term. The beginning is that a man strives to lower another's reputation, and this either secretly, and then we have tale-bearing, or openly, and then we have detraction. The middle consists in the fact that when a man aims at defaming another, he is either able to do so, and then we have joy at another's misfortune, or he is unable, and then we have grief at another's prosperity. The term is hatred itself, because just as good which delights causes love, so does sorrow cause hatred as stated above in question 34, article 6. Grief at another's prosperity is in one way the very same as envy when, to wit, a man grieves over another's prosperity in so far as it gives the latter a good name, but in another way it is a daughter of envy in so far as the envious man sees his neighbor prosper notwithstanding his efforts to prevent it. On the other hand, joy at another's misfortune is not directly the same as envy, but is a result thereof because grief over our neighbor's good, which is envy, gives rise to joy in his evil. End of question thirty six. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.